Hi, and welcome to The Checkup, the Colorado Health Institute's podcast about health in Colorado and the policies that affect it. I'm your host, Jackie Zubricki. It's November now, and at CHI, we're getting ready for Hot Issues in Health. That's our annual conference where we get Colorado's health policy community together to digest the previous year and get ready for the year ahead. Substance use, addiction, and recovery have been some of the state's biggest concerns in the last few years. More than 1,000 people in Colorado died of a drug overdose in 2017. A package of bills to address the opioid epidemic was probably the biggest health-related accomplishment in Colorado's legislature last year, and we'll probably see a lot more on this issue in 2019. But all of those bills, all of that policy, and all those conversations are really about how we in the healthcare system, we who make policy, we who care about people in our communities, can help those who are struggling. So for this year's Hot Issues, we invited Vic Vela to tell his story of addiction and recovery. Vic is a journalist who's currently with Colorado Public Radio. He spent years using cocaine and eventually crack cocaine regularly. He's been in recovery now for four years. On today's episode of The Checkup, you'll get a preview of that story and why he thinks policymakers and other people in the health world should hear it. He talked with Joe Hanel, CHI's Director of Communications. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm, uh, I'm Joe Hanel. I'm the communications director at the Colorado Health Institute. And I'm um, talking today with uh, my old friend and colleague, Vic Vela, who you'll probably recognize if you listen at all to public radio in the, in the Denver area. <laughs> hey, Joe, it's good to be with you again. Yeah, likewise. So, um, well, Vic, I got to know you uh, when we were both newspaper reporters yeah. at the state capitol about... Uh, what, five, six years ago now? Yeah. And uh, I, I think we worked two sessions together and, um, you know, the press corps is pretty tight and we would all uh, chase the same stories and hang out together after work usually. And But uh, the especially the second year, we would notice Vic would have filed a few hours before everybody else. You get the story right, you get it, 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 it was good stuff, but then you disappear. And we all thought, <laughs> <laughs> Vic's, Vic must just have some secret life going on. And uh, we didn't know how right we were, right? <laughs> I, I was secretly married is what what another reporter friend, you know, Vic yeah. has, a, has a wife or a husband somewhere and he's not telling anyone and some kids uh, in Omaha or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, it was, that's what addicts do. And, and, and what Joe's getting at is, is uh, I was uh, you know, really disguising myself and, and really putting up appearances, keeping up with appearances while I'm maintaining a daily uh, drug habit. And in my case, uh, it was cocaine, uh, first powder cocaine, and then as things really got worse, uh, then I started smoking crack. Um, and um, you know that was not just a daily beast, it was an hourly beast uh, and that I had to feed. So when you're stuck at the Capitol as a reporter, uh, you know, sometimes these marathon legislative hearings would go on all day. And uh, Joe's covered a lot of those. So did I. But uh, as a drug addict, you know, it's hard for, for normal people to motor through that stuff. Right. With a normal yeah. engine. Oh, it's brutal. You know, you, yeah. you know, you covered in 2013 when Democrats took over the, the uh, state house. There were long hearings over guns and election reform and all yep. this other stuff. 
so it's hard enough for like a, a well-balanced reporter, normal reporter to handle that stuff. But when you're a reporter with a drug habit, like I was, yeah, I would disappear. Um, and uh, I would go, I, if I didn't go home altogether and just stay home, mm-hmm. uh, I would just go sneak into my car or go out into an alley and get high because that's what I had to do. And then come back and go to a press conference with the Speaker of the House. Yeah. No one knew. No yeah. one knew. I, I think everyone dismissed it as, you know, that's just Vic. That's just what he does. Uh, but And then I would come in and tell a few jokes. Um, you know, anything to take any sort of attention away from what was really happening. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're tremendously successful. You're, I mean, is it, you in your life in recovery now, you probably know a lot of people who have somewhat the same story. Were they, is everybody as high functioning as you, when you look at, when you think about a, 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 somebody who's addicted, a drug yeah. addict, you with your suit and your um, public job and interacting with the, all these power players, that's not what I picture at all. Yeah. I mean, I think you, as we say in, in recovery or as we say in redic- addiction, and it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, is someone is a functioning addict, right? Yeah. You hear that term a lot, even if you're not familiar with addiction. Um, I probably was a poster boy for the functioning addict, but as mm-hmm. I learned in my recovery, uh, a functioning addict is really just a dysfunctional addict in training. Okay. Right? And, yeah. and so what was happening there is I think I was holding myself together, putting on that tie mm-hmm. and going and talking to the governor. Um, that was the evidence that I would point to uh, that my life was OK. I just wrote this great story. I just made deadline. I just won an award from the Colorado Press Association. Right. Yeah. I just interviewed Senator so-and-so. Uh, but in reality, uh, it's like that uh, that meme or that uh, uh, gif that you see on, on Twitter with that cartoon dog sitting there with a cup of coffee while there's flames burning yeah. around him and everything <laughs> is fine, yep. right? Everything was not fine. In reality, my whole world was just crashing down around me. Yeah. Um, I was going bankrupt. Uh, in fact, I officially went bankrupt. And then I didn't have any money to, it was a daily and a weekly chore to figure out how to pay for my habit because mm-hmm. cocaine is expensive. So how did it change? Um, it changed for me. And, and that's a question I get asked a lot is, you know, and another question I get asked is what's your rock bottom? And I, mm-hmm. and you know, fortunately for me, my rock bottom did not uh, culminate in a uh, prison sentence or, or death or hurting someone else physically. Um, you know, uh, there are some, you know, alcoholics who don't change until they kill someone in, dr- in a drunk driving cr- yeah. crash. There's some uh, heroin injectors who don't change until their uh, girlfriend uh, dies in a parking lot, right? Uh, for me, I never experienced those things. For me, it was uh, just a, a, a moment where I was just tired of being tired. I was yeah. tired all the time because it was exhausting think of all the things that I had to do every time I woke up every morning. Mm -hmm. I had to be presentable at the Capitol. I'm a journalist covering important legislative matters. I had to have that uh, mask of, uh, of, uh, you know, sanity, I guess, uh, keeping up with appearances. And I had to find out how to get money for my next fix. And I often had to correct what I did the day before. So, oh, I made a mess out of that situation. So I'm every day was damage control. Every day was damage control. 
uh, fixing what you did the day before. Um, so when so much of my energy was spent on that, I hadn't, there was, there was no capacity for anything else. Uh, so, uh, we kind of, we, we drifted apart after we both left the Capitol. So I'm not yeah. real familiar with this part of your life. How do you, what changed, how did you, um, start to recover and who helped you out and what helped you out? Yeah, so when uh, when you left the Capitol, I was still there for another year, and by that time, I had been smoking crack daily. I, it got to the point where I couldn't physically snort cocaine anymore because I wrecked my nose, and so I had to do drugs a different way, uh, and so I would uh, I would smoke it. Um, and and when I started doing that, uh, uh, smoking crack is a heavy duty thing to do. Uh, um, you know, there are no 420 festivals for crack smokers, <laughs> yeah. right? It is a, yeah, it is not something you're supposed to do. Um, but I would do it, and I, I and, and my moods increasingly got irritable. My, mm-hmm. uh, I was living with great paranoia every single day. Um, I was, I was, when I, you know, early in the morning after being up for three straight days on no sleep and doing drugs um, all the time, pacing in my room, right, by myself, muttering to myself, closing all the blinds to make sure no one saw me. That's crazy. Um, But it was because of drugs. So there were parts, there were moments over my life where I did have some moments of clarity where I wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uns- I went through a 28-day rehab facility uh, years ago, uh, but I wasn't ready. I got high the day I got out. And then yep. years later, I attempted to get sober. And when I say attempted, put an asterisk by that. It was just a quick in and out um, at some meetings. Mm-hmm. But through those previous failed attempts, I had met people who were sober. And one yeah. of the people I had met uh, was a gentleman who, was, who turned out to be my first sponsor. That, that didn't okay. last long because I, was, I, I quickly realized sobriety was not for me at that time. But mm-hmm. I still had his phone number. Um, and so one night, late at night, I was, uh, I'd been up for three straight days, no sleep. I was out of money. I had mm-hmm. I burned so many bridges, and I'm sitting there on my floor. How can I get better? And uh, I realized I had his phone number, and I called uh-huh. him. This was in the middle of the night. We haven't spoken in a long time. And he answered the phone. He remembered you? And he remembered me. And he said, hey, Vic, how's it going? It was the first words out of his mouth. Wow. And I started crying. And, th- and then I said, take me to a meeting tomorrow. And that was the, the day I got sober. Wow. Um, I was just... And no looking back since? No looking back. And, and you know, right. any addict any addict in recovery would lie if they say, oh, I haven't thought about drugs since. Yeah. No, we think about drugs. Yeah. Um, sometimes more seriously than others, but it's always, it's always there yeah. in my mind. Drugs are always there. Um, wow. It's just a matter of curbing the, um, the attraction, right? Yeah. So you're... Uh... Now you're a, a well-known, successful radio <laughs> journalist here. Um, it's kind of a risk still these days to come out and talk about um, these like really transgressive things you did, like smoking crack outside the Capitol. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to to do this? Well, because people need to hear from people like me. I I think stigma is 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 a killer. Um, 
the, the more we stigma, stigmatize people in addiction, the less inclined they are to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when someone's, when we see that drunk stumble over a bar stool, we dismiss him as, oh, he's a drunk and he's, right. he's, he's a loser or that person who can't, cannot go a day without jamming a needle into their veins. Oh, that person is a loser, right? The more we stigmatize and the less success stories there are, people are going to think they're, they're, it's hopeless. And, and mm-hmm. if that's the case, then it truly is. If people don't uh, talk about their success stories. I think I had an obligation in my recovery to, um, to own it yeah. for, for a few different reasons. One, to help others in hopes that maybe my message resonates with someone who's suffering, but then also to hold myself accountable. You know, the more I talk about how my past, uh, you know, and I'm open to, to people like you and, 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 and yeah. the world, really, uh, hopefully the less inclined I am to repeat it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, you're going to be at our, uh, hot issues and health conference, December 6th. That's, um, pretty much the, the definition of the straight world there that, um, (laughs) these are, uh, high functioning policy people. Um, and, uh, they're, uh, you know, everybody's highly educated, motivated to do the right thing for, uh, for, people all across Colorado. Um, what are you going to tell them? What do they need to hear? And what are, what are people in, in my world, in this policy world, missing and getting wrong uh, or just not understanding very well? I think with the best of intentions, uh, the people in the, in, in the health world, um, they look at numbers and they look at data. Yeah. And the data shows that we- drugs uh, are getting worse, that, that yep. the opioid, there's the opioid crisis, there's, uh, there's, there's meth, there's cocaine, like there are statistics after statistics, statistics that show things are getting worse. And I think uh, the folks in that room and yourself, uh, everyone's doing a great job of reporting that stuff because that stuff needs to be reported. So thank you guys yeah. for being a part of this. Uh, we need you. Um, I think what gets lost though, is that human connection. Um, yeah. if, if, um, while we have bec- we have gotten to a time where just almost everyone knows someone who has struggled with addiction or or, or uh, uh, being an alcoholic, yeah. but not everyone has. And even the people who know someone, mm-hmm. they may not know what it's like to be that person. Well, yeah, I mean, look at me. I knew you, yeah, and didn't know you at all, yeah, right, yeah. I and I think for when someone stands up there and says. I cashed out all of my 401k retirement just so I can get high. Most people would look at me like I'm an alien. Like who yeah. does that? And I, when I get up there and say that, it's well, it's because I'm a drug addict, and that's what we do. Um, and I think there needs to be more stories like that to say, this is the, this is we are all poster children of addiction, and and mm-hmm. look at us, you know, and. Uh, uh, that, I think I hope if I could get something across like that, I think that would be important. Well, thanks for doing yeah. it. Thanks for uh, thanks for talking today and coming in next month. And uh, it's uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, congratulations on uh, four years here. It'll be four years, uh, God willing, four years in uh, January. In January. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it.
Fella will be at Hot Issues in Health this year to talk more about his story and substance use in Colorado. The conference will also have so much more about important health policy topics in our state, about climate change and health, about big changes to Medicaid, about what to expect in 2019, and more. We hope to see you there. You can find more about the conference at colo.health backslash hot issues. That's C-O-L-O dot health slash hot issues. And you can find more episodes of this podcast at coloradohealthinstitute.org slash podcast. Be sure to find us on Twitter and Instagram at cohealthinst. We're also on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Jackie Zubricki at CHI. Mm-hmm.